You're listening to OK Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Scotty Beam, media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and a wing connoisseur who is on a detox. <laughs> and I'm Sylvia Obell, culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce, and probably about to order some lemon pepper wet just because every time you say your bio, suddenly my mouth waters for some freaking wing stop. Specifically. And this is the episode where you want to bring up more wings when I say that I'm on a detox. But it was really just, my mouth was watering before you said detox. It took a sharp left. (laughs) Whatever. First off, I just want, I wanted to give a shout out to all of you who tweeted us uh, things you're saying no to from last episode. It was like a lot of responses. We got a lot. Y'all saying no, 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 no. Okay, that's all we could afford. No more. <laughs> can't sing, can't sing it too long. <laughs> it's going to cost. You ain't got the money. Like <laughs> but yeah, some of you guys said that you're saying no to things like extra work without extra money. I know that's right. Hello? You say no to negative self-talk. Me every day in the mirror. Like, no, today, bitch, I will not let you do this to me. <laughs> me talking to me yeah. every day and night. Um, y'all saying no to these niggas. I know that's right. Assuming the niggas is for everybody. He, she, they. Yes. It's hoes. It's a it's a it's um, it's a it's an all inclusive pronoun if you're black. Yes. Only for black people though. <laughs> Not for nobody else. Um and you guys are really saying no to anything trying to disturb your peace, word to Luda. <laughs> I love that. I love that for y'all. I'm so proud of you guys. It's saying no is not easy. And I love how many of you guys really gave us the feedback about how much this episode resonated and was right on time. We love that. Y'all are holding these boundaries up right where they're supposed to be. I am so proud of you. So shout out to y'all for that. But Sylvia, what else has been going on with you, sis? I, you know, they've been bringing back screenings here and there right i know you've been to a couple <laughs> i've been to a couple mm-hmm. i still don't go to the theater with the public mm-hmm. but for the mm-hmm. private screenings where it's you know vaccinated card to enter covid negative test to drink i be in those right i will tiptoe my way in mm-hmm. and i happen to have the honor of being invited to screen respect the aretha franklin biopic starring jennifer hudson <sighs> And baby, ain't no way y'all gonna miss ain't this, okay? No this movie, I, I, it's just, I hate that it even is coming out during a time where it's so hard to go to the movie theater because I really fully understand why people would not. But if you are about mm-hmm. that life and you want to go or vaccinate or find a time where a theater is empty or whatever else, I highly encourage you to go see Respect because Jennifer Hudson did one thing and that was that. Okay, she became embodied Aretha Franklin spirit. Right. The transformation was really impressive. Like, I said out loud, like, I was sitting there and I'm watching, <laughs> and when she opened her mouth to speak, I said, Oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, Wow. She, she put the voice, she did the voice like she, accent, like the dialect. the dialect. Yeah, the dialect was on point. I was like, This woman is the way that she was using her mouth, mm. too. It was similar to Aretha Franklin and how she was singing. Like, I was very impressed. Jennifer Hudson did her motherfucking homework. I know she better get a nomination. All of them. Or else I'm writing a letter. 
Okay, I am writing a letter. She understood the assignment and like she bodied it. She really did. She held the movie up for me personally. I think she really put the team on her back. <laughs> Like, literally. Well, Forrest came in and... Forrest was great. Think about Forrest. He's consistent. Forrest is great. He's consistent. I mean, With, come on. He's a legend. Absolutely. He really... <laughs> like, if I ever wanted a disappointed father, I really would always channel Forrest to be that for oh. me. Right. And and also shout out to uh, Mary J. Blige, who played Dinah Washington. Who played herself. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, Mary, Mary, no. Up. First of all, that see Mary as a blonde. Drew, drew, I was like, something's different. <laughs> I saw mm-hmm, Mary's not mm-hmm. blonde. They really got her acting today because you know that's her natural hair color at all times. Right. But right. <laughs> I <laughs> loved Mary's little cameos in the beginning. She was. I love and, it. And um, Audra McDonald also killed it as her mother in that movie. Yes, she did. I said she's coming for that best guest appearance in the film i don't know supporting whatever i said audrey trying to come yes. for a little something too because in the few scenes she was in she was mm-hmm. like you gonna remember that that was she in this it. movie but she audrey doesn't ever for mess real. up either she's doesn't miss like in general i mean when you come from theater i feel like they never miss like they don't play around when it comes to being embodying somebody but I said the only thing that I had a problem with, and it didn't reflect any of the cast members, they were all great, mm. um, is that the storytelling was, wasn't was as fluent as I wanted it to be. Like, mm. I felt like it was disjointed, like it jumped from here to here, mm-hmm. here and there, without giving me the answers to what happened over here and what happened and over you know there why, and though. what the hell is going on. I feel like it's because this is, oh, I yeah. feel like it's because the family was involved. And when the family's yes. involved, baby, they're skipping over things. They, they they telling you a story like grandma tell you the story. We're like, so wait, back up real quick. Hello? Chapter th- so when right. you said, don't worry about so that. So who <laughs> is my father? Don't worry about that. Just the fact that we prayed over you. They insinuate a lot of family secrets, but without being like, what we're not going to do is have Aretha roll out her grave and come fight us. You know, Aretha That's played a big part in getting this movie secret. made before she died. Like, she really wanted this. And I think she uh, she was part of the pre-development before she passed. And I think that has a lot to do. Honoring Aretha's wishes about what she tells and doesn't tell about her life, I feel like. Absolutely. And guess who didn't honor her wishes? <laughs> The National Geographic version of Cynthia Erivo. Oh. That child. Wait, I guess If you want I- mess. <laughs> Listen, they were showing every child pregnancy, baby. Oh they were talking God. about the, they were talking about the tour babies, you know. Was, they were showing you know CL doing what he do. There should have <laughs> right. There should have been just a middle somewhere between that and respect. But can I tell you, Courtney B. Vance versus Forrest Whitaker as the father? Like I don't know which one I prefer more. Actually, they really both. Courtney B. Van. Really I am afraid Courtney. of Fitz Forrest Whitaker. Courtney was in it, baby. I think so. Courtney forgot that he was not C.L. <laughs> Franklin at a certain point. I was like, Courtney, come back. I know Angela was like, you talking real slick at home tonight. I know you went, I know you went in the middle of a project. <laughs> but don't get really crazy. You talking to me crazy. Don't forget. Don't forget. Way to exhale happy. real life. But to your point, yes, I do think, I mean, Jennifer Hudson was born to play Aretha. No disrespect to Cynthia Erivo, who, you know, has Clearly. a beautiful voice and all of those things. But Jennifer is Clearly. Aretha Franklin. It's one of the few times, you know, every time a black woman gets a movie made about her, we complain about who was chosen. 
Ain't no complaints about uh, Jennifer Hudson. I mean, honestly, Jennifer Hudson's Dream Girls was the perfect audition for this movie. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. playing Effie White, if you can play, you know, it's like she proved, like, okay, this is, I can do this. Because Jennifer can sing and her voice sounds like Aretha's voice, it was just, it made the musical performances make the movie even better. Like, sometimes if it gets too musical, it will take away from something. But in this one, every choice, and they sang all, all, so many of my favorites. Because Never Loved a Man, The Way That I Loved You is one of my favorite Aretha songs. And Ain't No Way, ooh, that performance. Ain't No Way is my, was one of my favorites. I almost stood up in that theater like it was church. Okay, I was trying so hard not to be disrespectful, so but I hard. could not. I was, I was like, about to get up out my seat. I said, "I know these people hate me because I'm ready to stand up and be like, sing it, Jennifer, sing it for real." I was about to throw my shoe at the TV screen. And as soon as I finished, I ran to listen to the soundtrack mm-hmm. because I was like, "That girl did that!" Yeah. Like. They both have very powerful voices, but the fact that she was able to do the work of changing the way that she actually sings to Aretha Franklin, that was great. And still leaving a little bit of Jennifer in there. I can still hear the Jennifer. But I really, really love Jennifer for that. And she better. Like, I'll say it again. She motherfucking better. She said, I'm coming back for my Oscar again. From my hello. <laughs> if you gave it to her for Effie, it just logically does not make sense for her to not get it for Aretha. But you know, the Academy That's going true. Academy, so we'll see. You know, but I am very happy that Jennifer had this moment. She is more than deserving. I loved it. Yeah, so we'd love to see a true icon finally getting the biopic she deserves because so many of our soul women, you know, they, they don't get them or they get them in their own lifetime. So I'm very excited that she got that. And That's a fact. You know, while that was probably the most moving um, thing I've seen, everything else that I've been watching lately is very lighthearted and slightly problematic. TV, and I want to get into it with y'all because <laughs> what the hell is going on <laughs> on my TV screen? I got to talk about it. I've been seeing some crazy shit. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to talk about these shows, child. And mm. we're going to play a little game Ooh. where we both attempt to describe plots from the most revered white movies of all time. I feel like I might actually have a chance at this one because... I actually don't. <laughs> I, I don't know to, why. I want you I, to know I, I tilted actually, my head. I, I wanted and to I have. I can't wait to see what she says now. <laughs> no, I actually don't. I actually have no hope in this at all. Um, but there are some classic white movies that I know. So here's a spoiler, y'all. We're going to fail this test. Oh, that's a fact. But let's see. We might surprise ourselves. Let's get to these shows first. Let's get to these shows. How can I, how can I, how can I, how can I, you won't let me. That's what Gianna about to be singing about Damien. Anyway, let's get into it. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with Love is Blind after the altar. If you're not familiar, Love is Blind is a show where single people all go into these little pods by themselves and talk to other single people for 10 days without seeing what they look like. So you just working off of communication and personality. (laughs) (laughs) After the 10 days, the couples who fall in love 
get engaged and plan for their wedding after the altar was the special episodes that recently dropped to show viewers what happened to these couples after they said I do. The few of them that did say I do, cause child. Girl, so here's the thing. I was minding my business one day and suddenly I saw new episodes on The Lover's Blind. You know how like Netflix would just bring it back if you've been watching it to the front of your queue? And like right. it said, I said, new episodes? Is it like a new season? And I just see three little things that say after the altar. Like, oh, they did like a like a year catch up. That makes sense, I guess, because maybe, you know, pandemic maybe shut down season two and they said, what can we do? Blah, blah, right. blah, blah. I really, my expectations were so low that it was going to be like a straight to camera, what y'all been up to type thing. Baby, right. keep us updated. These people Mm-mm. put on a fucking show. I was on the edge of my seat. I watched all three episodes back to back. I said, Me too. I said wait. in the middle of the night, I was like, this is crazy. I wasn't prepared. I didn't, I hadn't situated myself for a long sitting of these things, but I got into episode one. I said, oh, how did they manage? You want to talk about good casting. This really speaks to whoever casted them from the beginning. How did they manage to do so much, find so much drama in the pandemic? (laughs) Right. So basically, I just think that what made it so interesting to me was, while we did know that, like, um, who was it? Lauren and Cameron are married and everybody's favorites. I'm so glad they're still together. Oh, I'm so happy and, you know, that they're happy still. And then just, and Cameron, ooh, he loved him some Lauren, baby. He loved him so yes, Lauren. That the white, way that he looked that, at that her, white man I said, her black ass. You, you hear me? <laughs> Ready to have what? her black baby, you know give her so black good. babies. He don't care. <laughs> he just he loved just, her lord oh, yes mm, but um lauren and cameron who we love are still together and we get to catch up on them and you know how like you know apparently lauren's feeling the pressure to have babies blah 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 amber and barnett was slightly pleasantly surprised to see that these two were still together really but, well you know barnett was for the streets like in the season don't forget like i didn't know if he had it in him to be a good husband but you know what that goes back to Barnett went back to his sudden upbringing real quick and was ready to just assimilate into his father, you know, or whoever else. But like, I just feel like he was such like a broy guy initially to me in season one, and because he literally liked like three different women, he had that whole drama. Even though Jessica was not one of them, even as much as she wanted to be, and he ended up picking Amber, yeah, who was a bit of a party amazing. girl who herself it came off as. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. They both fit because they're both like broy people. Like, they're both like, oh, you drink beer, I drink beer, and put cans on your forehead kind of thing. Like, they give me that vibe. I guess it's just, yeah, a match made in middle America history. Yes, absolutely. You know what's wild about them? And this was the, the journey that I enjoyed. Was like, huh. I was like, Amber looking like she got rid of that debt. I don't know, she just seemed a little light on her feet. I wonder how they did that. Fast forward. Barnett gave up his house. That man sold his house to pay off her student debt. That is hustling backwards. That is stupid. If you don't make (laughs) the monthly payments and live in the house, what the fuck were you thinking, Barnett? Also, that's what I wanted to say. Shout out to Netflix, but can you use some of that money for the monthly? Like, you could have paid the monthly bill from doing other things. Her student debt was about, well, she said on camera it was 20K. She lying, she lying, she lying. I'm like, ain't no 20K student debt make you, I went to an Ivy League grad school, okay? I know what debt looked like. It did not inquire. He sold his house. I said, wow, that's when I said, he's dumb, but oh, he does love her. Well, I also think because he's like, nigga, now that I'm married to you. It's our debt. Now, 
it reflects on me. So now I don't want that. This is where I don't understand. <laughs> this is where I'm confusion. Okay. You sell your house. You're a married couple, and then you have a roommate. Explain it to me, because that doesn't make any sense. So Amber had an apartment during the show with a roommate, and they moved in there, and I'm like, yes. And, and I've heard of this in some very ghetto New York City situations, but in the land of Atlanta, where I could probably afford a, McMahon, a mini, you know, a four-bedroom home, why in Atlanta do you need to have a roommate in a one in two bedroom apartment if you're a married couple? Also, why are we discussing children? That's what you and Barnett are on the same page with that. That's what Barnett's asking. Right. right. He said, I feel like it'll be rude to our roommate right. to have a baby <laughs> crying in the middle of the night. We don't have our <laughs> own place right now. I think it's just it makes sense to focus on one thing and that one thing should be moving out. So that we can have the privacy of having a child who yells and screams in the middle of the night and the roommate won't feel like, damn, I am too part of this family. Like, I'm, I, I don't understand that. Not part of this marriage. Where are we going for our one year anniversary? How come the roommate didn't get invited to the party? Right, I'm shit. Because like, if I'm the roommate, I'm in everything. I'm coming to the party. I'm doing all the things. Like, y'all are crazy. It was wild. I that was the weird thing about them. But they deserve each other. That they do. And and let me tell you something about Barnett. And this is where I got a little respect for him. He said, "I know my wife, and what I'm not Woo! gonna do is piss her off." He that boy, that white man was at attention. He was obedient. It was like there was a silent whistle. Amber had her man. Oh, that ready to man go. <laughs> knows the temperature at all times. That nigga has the figure in the air at all times. He goes, hmm. For people who haven't seen Love is Blind, Jessica was the whole villain in the season yes, one. Yes, she like, was. This girl was acting a fool. And Amber does. I see why Amber don't like her. I see. I get it. She definitely asked Barnett at least twice after he proposed to Amber. You sure? You want Amber? No. You know, she definitely yeah. stepped into Barnett. And so Amber was like, she's dead to me. Right. But what I didn't realize is that Amber meant that shit. Like, she meant that shit in the way we're like, I'm not even, I don't see you. She's you are dead right in front to me. Of me. She does not Stevie exist. Stevie Wonder to the bullshit is what it just is. So are you, Barnett. <laughs> we can't see you. We. We don't see Don't know bitch. who you are. So. And he knew where Jessica was in the room at every fucking moment, okay? And he made sure to be. <laughs> Barnett couldn't even touch, like not a fingerprint, the gift that Jessica got him. And he looked at it. He looked at it. That nigga wanted to cut his, if he could have removed his hands from his body Yo. and threw them away. Yo. And his neck was doing full 360. Like, the nigga was like, I know she's somewhere, Wait, though. I, I know she see. Uh, listen, <laughs> I am getting laid tonight. I will embarrass you in front of all these people. I am, you are not getting in the way of my home and my peace. Happy <laughs> wife, happy life. If happy wife, happy life was a person, it was Barnett at that party. Right. He said, is my wife being a little dramatic? Sure. <laughs> Giving this girl a lot of power? Sure. Sure. Am I going to question her about that? No. Absolutely not. I go back home with her and the roommate. So there is no way that I'm doing <laughs> all of that shit tonight. Fuck out of here. He said, Jessica, so sorry. Can't mm -mm. do it. He told her to put that gift on a table somewhere. Yo. And I was on the floor. I was, and then all those nice white people who was around, they didn't even know what to say. There was, and it was like the nicest ones too, like Kenneth or whoever right. else, his lovely right. Midwestern Ohio looking right. wife and somebody else. And they were just like, I mean, it was a lovely gesture. 
Yo, I was so embarrassed for her, and I, I have was so horrible like her. secondhand embarrassment. I can't do it. That's what happened, and Barnett was obedient. I and I'll say I respected. I feel like everyone was like, you know what? In that moment, Barnett, do what your wife wants. Good move. Good thoughts. Right. So that was definitely a highlight. That was great. But can we talk about what pissed me off the most? I feel like I know. Who carried these three episodes on their back? Was G Anina and fucking Damien. Let me tell Damien, you Damien. 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 I feel like if there's anybody who this show changed the most, the fame, whatever got to their head, whatever. This Damien came in. Just a chill, nice guy. No, from who knows where. I, but you feel like he was always like this. I feel like that All nigga I know was is, always a narcissist. He was I, always like that. I, I mean, he definitely left Giannina at the altar. And for me, what's confusing is why she even continued after that. Even though I guess there is a part of me that gets why. Maybe you can understand. Nope. What? Tell me what you get. Well, the whole premise was crazy, right? Like, so maybe like marrying you in two weeks. I can see how maybe you would like to just have a relationship first. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, we did a crazy reality show. You definitely embarrassed the shit out of me. And I think the embarrassment would be what got in my way. But like from the outside looking in, I can see how somebody might be like, I really like you, but I'm afraid, I don't think we should get married right now. And maybe he should have just said that, but men don't communicate well all the time like that. Oh no, see, I'm not using that excuse for that shit right there. When I'm telling you, Much respect to these motherfucking shows, but you better text me before I get up on that motherfucking altar with that white ass dress for you to tell me that you not going to marry me or you don't want to. You better text me, do something, DM me something and let me know, hey, I'm going to say no. So you should say no too. Or, you know, a nigga like me ain't showing up. (laughs) Say no first. You want to say no first? Yeah, say no first. Yep. We can still date. But let's, you know, I would still like to date you after the fact. I see what you're saying there, but. What made it worse is that she ran away. (laughs) That bitch sprinted out the door like Julia Roberts and Runaway Bride. I said, she's actually kind of fast. She made it worse. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying. The only thing is she made it worse and she made the embarrassment a little bit more louder. The fact that she fell in the dirt and she's running. I said, girl, stop. She was rolling in the dirt. She was rolling in the dirt. Trying to get away from cameras. You can't escape these Netflix cameras. They're going to be <laughs> they here are, for life. They're faster. However fast you right. are, they're faster. They got the Maury legs. They got, the Maury <laughs> they legs. got people waiting in the bushes in they case got you the ran. Maury they, legs. Was, they had the street drone shots That's coming up. Fact. Netflix was not missing your sprint. Girl. But so after all that, we come to find out that when we fast forward to where things are now at this after special, Giannina and Damon are still dating. They're in a relationship, but they're still, it's two years later. They still mm-hmm. don't even live together. Mm-hmm. And this girl barely see this man at all. Like, they didn't see each other till the party. And then, so like, you know, it starts out, Giannina's like, we're having trouble. I don't know. She's talking to her mom, who for some reason loves Damien. I cannot understand why. How's Stability. my son Damien doing? Stability. Mm. Money. I'm like, girl, but he just trash. But, you know, mom, you know, old fa- she's old-fashioned, her mom seems. Yeah. But then, so Damien, so we see Giannina talking about her and Damien, da 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 They're having issues, blah, blah, blah. But then, suddenly, there's some chick that comes into the mix from too hot to handle, by the way. And I'm just so confused. I was like, who the fuck is this? <sighs> Suddenly, the one date we see Damien go on in this after special is not with his girlfriend, Giannina. It's with 
this bitch from Too Hot to Handle, Francesca, he already got in trouble, caught by the paparazzi hanging out with her once. Yes. Holding hands as they're exiting an mm-hmm. L.A. restaurant. And I don't know how Giannina took that he was holding hands with a friend. Why are you holding hands with a friend leaving a restaurant? Damien is a fuck boy. And the problem is, is that he... I said he deserved the speech that Tasha gave Lawrence in season two of Insecure. You are worse than a fuckboy because you think you're a good guy, mm-hmm. but you're not. Mm-hmm. You're a fuckboy and you're gaslighting the shit out of everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is also the Harper Harper discussion as well. This is the Harper thing too, child. He had both Robin and uh, Jordan at the wedding. Right. Damien gonna bring right. Francesca. What kind of masochist says, you know what, Francesca? You've been a big problem in my relationship. We done got caught taking pictures out. I'm a brain. You know, having whatever. My girlfriend's insecure about you. How about you come to this anniversary party of the anniversary of when I embarrassed her in front of the whole world and said no to her at the altar? Because this day is not already going to be hard enough for her. This is your third time publicly embarrassing her. Annually. On this same day. (laughs) <laughs> so what is your point why is this why and for Giannina I, much respect to her I, you know sending love out but you doing the whole like get away from my man that's my man why are you standing with my man that man don't respect you sweetheart okay Francesca she a little liar too she's a little liar she was sitting there talking about oh we talk about you all the time and this that and the third I mean and they do talk no about no you, but not, not that type that she of talk like. right <laughs> so I was like this bitch and that's the lying. thing Francesca's going along with it so it's making it more confusing to Giannina like oh so y'all are just friends that's why it's so gaslighting it's like it's you're nasty. taking your friend on dates and you're doing these things but she and you are both saying that you're just friends even though you both know that you guys had all this sexual attention and like are attracted damien is crazy and then he tried to make giannina feel crazy at the party for how she acted when she finally did he's get a upset. fucking he's a manipulator like that's all that he does. It's, it's dangerous. It's, it's gross. like a very it's gross. And I hope his blockhead ass ends up with no one because that's exactly what he needs to do. Like be with no one cuz that's nasty. That's horrible behavior. Actually stay with Francesca ass cuz she going to blow him anyway. She going to leave him anyway. She going to do him like this like he needs to be done. Right, exactly. Use him for his money and get the fuck up out of there. And that's exactly what she's going to do. And I hope that when her mom sees that on the show, like, you know, actually sees the show and sees how yeah. disrespectful this nigga yeah, is. Yeah, she won't love him still. I hope that. not. There ain't no way. Because after the I first, hope I too. hope my mother, after you leaving me at the motherfucking altar, my mom should have shot up that place immediately. <laughs> Casualties everywhere. Not shot, not shot up the place. Right. Shoot it up. <laughs> While I run out, because I'm running out, I'm changing my white dress. I'm pulling the car around. Right, I'm pulling, I'm pulling the, car the car around, around for y'all to run into when Shoot we get out. And we out. <laughs> because that's the only way. That's, that's the, the only, only option. That's the only way for me and my mother. I did Google. I had to Google because I was so upset by midway through the party. I paused it, poured me a glass of wine, and Googled if the fuck Damien and Giannina were still together. I had to know. She broke up with his ass. Thank Good. Thank God. God. Because I was like, ain't no way this show can air and you can Mm-mm. look at yourself in the mirror and still be with this man. Mm-mm. What sign you think Damien is? Mm-hmm. You know, I just was saying the other day how I don't know how white men present themselves in the uh, it is. Zodiac. Because <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, 
I just said this the other day. I was like, I wonder what's on that white man. I, I, I was like, well, I don't really know how white men present. But if I had to guess Damien, I would guess Gemini only because of just the, it's the hot coldness of it. It's the able to do both of it. Yeah. You know, it's just the switch because he could just switch it. That's a skill to switch it. Some no, Gemini's they're a master. Good, some use it for bad. Master manipulators. <laughs> master. Master. And sometimes they use their powers for good or bad, but or they are bad. able. Right. They are able. They are able. And it's like, my guess would be Gemini, a cancer rising, Scorpio moon type situation mm. if I had to. Just chaos. Honestly. Yeah. But the only person crazier than Damien mm-hmm. is that nigga Chris from Married at First Society in Atlanta. I just have to say, I'm not even finished. Y'all, literally, Scotty just had me, but like, while we were brainstorming for this episode, she was like, you should watch this shit. I was like, I'm gonna check it out. I spent all Sunday, all fucking day, watching this shit, and it's so long that I watched it the whole time, and I still only made it to the end of the honeymoon episodes. This shit's like crack. I, the second we're done recording, I am going back. <laughs> if you've seen it already, you already know that she's not, she doesn't, she doesn't even scratch the surface yet of the Chris bullshit has of already. He has already called this beautiful chocolate queen unattractive. Oh my God. You have not even seen the mountaintop. You haven't seen it yet. He was engaged five months before their wedding and had the woman's name tattooed when she was like, oh, I love your tattoo. He's like, oh, it's new. And she was like, oh, why? He was like, well, funny story. I had to cover up my ex's name before our wedding. What? What? That's how I know, like, after that, during the wedding, I would have turned around and left. First of all, I wouldn't have walked down that aisle in the first motherfucking place because as soon as I saw Chris' face, <laughs> I would have said, uh, I'm good. He got some nerve making her feel away. I smelled the colorism from a mile away before before he even met her. I said, this is going to be a colorism thing, ain't it? I don't know what the fuck his problem was. He's crazy. But I hope to never never see him again <laughs> on any show he has ever. a ba- and that, i'm sorry i'm at the place where he's revealed on their honeymoon that his ex-fiance is pregnant and the fact that Paige is still standing here still standing st- standing but she gonna stick beside, beside him, him. For real. <laughs> she gonna stick beside him this man has even said numerous times that if it was him he would have been left her yeah and yeah. she is still who I want Paige to love herself more than this. Ugh. Anyway, woo. Mary at first sight is wild. Love is blind is wild. Dating reality TV shows are just such a triggering, weird, magical, crazy thing. And it's something that I will always take part in, 100 percent Yeah, that's why I have to dose out when I do it. You guys were so surprised I hadn't seen Mary at first sight. I get too involved. I'm an empath. It's too much for me to watch women be treated like this. I'm yelling at the TV. I'm standing up. I'm pacing back and forth. It's too much. But this is also why I say people should also, every now and then, tune in with something with somebody who you dating or who's in your relationship with because you're going to learn a thing or two about if they're on the right side of history. Check the temperature. (laughs) Go turn on Love is Blind, the after show, and watch them three episodes with Bay and see what he think about Damien. Learn some things. Observe. Absolutely. I 100% (laughs) agree. Go watch Married at First Sight. If the nigga next to you is making too many excuses for Chris, you might want to run. Not might. Nigga, run. (laughs) Run. There's nothing good, especially Chris. 
nothing good about this nigga. My nigga Vincent, my nigga Vincent kept, he was looking at Chris like, my nigga, I, I have no, don't I, know what to I don't do know for what you to here. Say to you anymore. <laughs> I don't even when know he what told to. When the girl was pregnant, all Vincent could say was, how far along is she? <laughs> like, he was like, what? It's too much. He was like, we signed papers. Like, you're married. Why would you do this? It's crazy. <sighs> okay. Mm. Before we finish, moving on, I have to have to talk about a different kind of love story that we watched on Netflix. It's also Scotty's fault that I watched this. Resort to Love with Christina Milian and Jay Farrell. Scotty, did you watch that shit? Absolutely, I watched that shit. I just, Sylvia, I just couldn't believe there is a universe that they were trying to write where any bitch would be contemplating between Jay Farrow and Finkwa. Like, at any point, would I ever, never consider Jay Farrow? Jay Farrow. And any, I don't care ever. if he was my boyfriend for 18 years. Have you seen Sinqua? Thank you. The fuck? And that's all I had <laughs> to say about Resort to Love was that <laughs> there's never a, a world or a truth or or anywhere where I would say Jay Farrow is the one for me and not Sinqua, especially when he's sleeping in my cabin. Y'all are sick. And nothing happens? Yeah, okay. Okay, Christina. That's all I was saying. Okay, Christina, please. And that was it. So what else? Sometimes I got to take a break from all this lovey-dovey shit because, you know, everybody knows how much I love The Office. I love comedy, okay? The Office is my first and only love. I love it we too. I, I am dedicated. You know, know, I'm still it's okay. working with <laughs> Netflix, trying to get The Office back. <laughs> Bring our office back, please. But um, working. she's taking meetings, guys. <laughs> she's taking meetings. I'm she still, got Ted. She got Ted's calendar and a chokehold. I'm really trying. I'm really trying, guys. Okay. Um, but while I do that, you know, while I'm over here, uh, act, you know, Fighting. being an activist for the office, I am. I took a chance because everybody says watch Parks and Recreation, and I watched that shit. That shit was trash. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try 30 Rock for the first time. Hmm. Let me tell you something, guys. <laughs> Those white people are on to something. All right? <laughs> <laughs> They're on to something. They're on to something. <laughs> okay. I, I laughed so hard. I haven't laughed that hard from a show since The Office. I finally found somebody that I actually like on the show, like I love, and his name is Alec Baldwin. Now listen, <laughs> I found him very Sorry. funny. Shut up, Sylvia. I found him very funny. He does, you know, I only know him for the Trump impersonations and stuff like that. I've seen him <laughs> on and off Saturday Night Live. But this new talent that I've literally discovered, <laughs> Alec Baldwin, this nigga is funny. And it's pretty good. I really, really do enjoy 30 Rock. It's dry. It's silly. Really, for real, if you like The Office, you will like 30 Rock, for real. I do and think it's a really good companion piece. And I was very, very amused when Scotty came to me. Like, she had just discovered new talent, like, yeah. fresh out of acting school. Yes, Have you heard of this actor? <laughs> His name is Alec Baldwin? 
Have I heard of Alec Baldwin, Scotty? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. He's not new to the industry in any kind of way. She was like, I just knew him from the, I just thought they found him to do Trump. Like, I just thought that they figured he would make a good Trump impersonator. Yes. And it just really goes to show if Scotty can discover Alec Baldwin in 2021 and not even know what Macaulay Culkin's name is still, he's still Matthew to her in these streets, that it really holds no bounds, her blind eye to this white shit. It just truly never Mm-mm. ceases to astound even my black ass. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like... This is the only space where I am not the blackest one in the room. Y'all were telling me about Alec Baldwin and him having a brother. And then, like, his niece (laughs) is married to Justin Bieber. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. But if you need a little clip to watch, just to get y'all going. Of Dirty Rock? Alec Baldwin does an impersonation (laughs) of Red Fox. Let me tell y'all something. Of Red Red Fox? Fox, and I have never been that offended yet laughed so hard in my life. I was offended. At the same time? Whoa. Sanford, Sanford and Son? Sanford Red and Fox? Son. It was so good. I'm sorry. Harlem Knights Red so Fox? Yes. <laughs> he was trying to embody and be Tracy Morgan's father. And the only impersonation you can think of is Red. It was it. Was it. First of oh. all, guys, also, this was done years ago. So, you know. <laughs> Before this y'all sounds go, problematic as shit. It's very problematic. <laughs> a lot of um things from the office too was problematic, but they yeah, were these were my favorite. Because it was supposed to be the only reason they get away with it is because it's supposed to be commentary satire on yes. white people being problematic. So <sighs> that's kind of the loophole that they live in. But man, love that you've discovered a new white person. I feel like that's the perfect transition mm. into this game that we're about to play. Yeah. Time to play a little game called. What's the plot of these white movies? So, our producers have selected some movie titles from the American Film Institute's list of the 100 greatest movies of all time. And we're gonna see which one of us can guess more of the right plot lines from their titles. Because apparently, these are supposed to be great American films and we are great American women. Absolutely. They don't be thinking about us when they say that, though. So we're going to see how much of these great American films of all time have impacted our lives. Our lives. Or not. And our editor, Jess Jupiter, who's been with us judging our takes since the development of this podcast, is going to come and tell us the right plot lines as needed. Keep us in your prayers, okay? I'm going to give it my best, Sylvia, and I know you will, too. So let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so the first movie that has been placed in front of us apparently is a movie called Fantasia. If it's a nineteen. It was made me, in nineteen forty. To me, oh, not that I, one. I am very glad. It, I said Barino was the first thing that came For to real. my mind because I was like, listen, something now is taking over me. I know. Um, I do feel like I recall perhaps an animated Disney movie starring Mickey and them called Fantasia. Is that what this is? 
It is. It is. And it has no words. It's all music. And that shit pissed me off as a kid. It had I do no- recall hating it instantly. Also, <laughs> I remember either Mickey, it, it's a story about Mickey being poor and homeless or something. And, and <laughs> I remember crying. I remember way more about the plot than me. Wait, unless I was crying my eyeballs out. This is a problem of being an empath. Mickey Mickey was cutting a bean into like six. Did you remember? Is that where that's from? I think that's where it's from. I knew exactly the gift because people use it all the time when they talk about how much they've gone over their budget or what their budget is for the week. Like in six different pieces because he wanted to feed himself and I think many. And I cried forever okay my mom was like we have to turn this off because something is wrong with you <laughs> your mom should have been like finish your food remember mickey right mickey over there slicing that bean let you finish your food beans you know how your parents six times they were they were so thin that they were see-through i never seen see-through beans it was, <laughs> never seen see-through beans i was like this i is- hope that's this movie because if it's not that would be hilarious are we correct at all <laughs> please tell us we right it's from okay correction this is from mickey and the beanstalk (laughs) (laughs) you sat here and told a whole poor man's tale about fantasia and it wasn't even the right movie yes and he wasn't cutting beans in half he was cutting a um bread he was in, but the bread was so bread was so thin thin it was thin i it remember exactly see-through. what you're talking about yes i remember that i cried so hard is it not mickey being like a wizard of some sort i had well i think memories. he taps into his true wizardry because the nigga was so oh. poor and broke that he was finding new ways to really like live to survive and that's where the colors came from this sounds like harry potter <laughs> So anyway, okay, what yeah. is Fantasia about? Okay, yeah, yeah, I got it right. He was an apprentice to a magician, a wizard. He was learning his magical skills. And then he went a little over the top with the, with the magic. <laughs> he didn't know what he was doing because he was still an apprentice. So then with the brooms oh. is dancing and all that is going on. Oh. I don't know about this poverty bit that you included. <laughs> I, I got to find it. I got to find it. I, I don't know this is fancy. I don't know if we going to see. <laughs> Wait, I got to look it up. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. Make you. What's the next one? What's the next one? All right, the next movie, one of the greatest movies of all time, according to American say. Film Institute, is Taxi Driver, which was made in 1976. Okay, well I'm immediately out because the taxi movie I'm thinking of stars Queen Latifah, <laughs> and I was alive. So I don't. What the fuck this is now? Because hmm. I was like, Taxi, Queen Latifah. Taxi, I remember yeah. that? Right. So, but, uh, ooh. I, I'm assuming this uh, is in New York. Um, Hopefully. You would think. Maybe it's starring somebody like Robert De Niro. I don't know. It sounds like something. Yeah. It sounds like a Robert De Niro, maybe. I really am pulling it out the top of my head. Maybe a Dustin Hoffman kind of thing. I know who Dustin Hoffman <laughs> is. It was the 70s. Um, Those are the only white actors I know from back then. I yeah. think John Travolta was alive. I don't think he would have been in this. Yeah. Maybe he made an appearance. I have no um, clue. Is it about a taxi driver just driving people around all day? Maybe he's crazy. The taxi driver is crazy. 
and he thinks he's a track taxi driver and he ends up not being a taxi driver and then maybe he gets killed because he picked up the wrong person and then he dies suddenly this became collateral <laughs> where he picked up the wrong suddenly maybe. jamie fox is picking up the wrong picking up tom cruise who's an assassin but, and see, now jamie was stuck. really a taxi driver i'm thinking maybe this man thought he was but he lived in a different unit i don't know and then he killed he got okay killed. guys we don't know okay we don't so know Jessica, Jess, come on speak to us wow that was wild uh taxi driver <laughs> is a m- movie about a mentally unstable vietnam <laughs> veteran robert de niro who works as a nighttime taxi driver and he attempts to liberate a presidential campaign worker and an underage wait time out i've seen this wait i did see- you've seen it you've seen I want everybody to know this, that Scotty knows both of these movies better than me. I've seen this. I just this. want that to go on the record. But also, Robert De Niro is really in this? Yeah. It's the funniest shit wow. to me. Because when I tell you, I pulled that one out my ass. Like, yeah, just said I this mean, seems like something Robert De Niro would be in. I was joking. He was really in it. Yeah, yeah. I remember now. I remember. That's why I was like, maybe I'm mixing. But yes, I've seen this movie. I've seen it during... This whole COVID thing, too, by the way. I was trying really? to watch all these you different movies. You ain't seen movies. Home Alone, but you watched Taxi Driver? Taxi Driver. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I remember now. Thanks, guys. I am shocked. You, you think you know somebody. Scotty's full of surprises, I tell you, every day. What's the next, what's the <laughs> next one? <laughs> it's a new, what's the next movie? The next one is Psycho 1960. All I know about this movie is is that everybody recreates it everywhere. Clearly, it's, uh, so I know Jack, Jack Nicholas, Nicholson. Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is in it, and he played, oh, so it is not Jack Nicholson. I have, I'm going to go ahead and, ahead and tell. I'm going to tell you all this right now. Scotty, you are on your own. I have, do not know this movie. <laughs> I cannot guess. I don't do horror in 2006 let alone in 1960 i have no idea who the psycho is i was gonna say christian bale but is that like a 1960 oh. that's why i said but did he do like a remake you're about to curse me out <laughs> <laughs> I, like, um, I meant to say did he just do the remake i remember him being like an american psycho oh it was american psycho how about this okay i know that the, a white man is crazy in it a white man is crazy he terrorizes maybe a woman that he's in love with and it's kind of like misery but with a man what if it's a documentary on white men in america i mean that is the truth they wouldn't be doing During it in the civil rights though. movement that's what i said like 1960 they were i feel like there was a lot of psychos to be documenting i don't know so what is it jess please so, first of all, you were thinking of The Shining with Jack Nicholson. The Shining! Is, is what you were thinking Another of. movie I will never watch. <laughs> I do not do scary movies. I don't do horror. That Psycho is about a secretary who's on the run after stealing $40,000 from her employer with her boyfriend. And then they're traveling oh. on the roads and end up at a hotel called the Bates Motel. You probably saw Bates, the series. Yes. Is that where the series comes from? Yes. And meets the polite but highly strong owner, Norman Bates, who is a young man no. with an interest in taxidermy and a difficult relationship with his mother. So and he, that is played so by Anthony Perkins. 
Who the hell is Anthony Perkins? Oh, Anthony Perkins. All right. I'm going to have to Google Anthony Perkins. I don't know who Perkins. Anthony Perkins is. Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> I hate that we. Oh, I don't know this man. No. I do not know this man, but he looks like he would call me all sorts of slurs. Yeah, he gives me privilege. All right. Yeah, we were wrong with that one. What's next? next? Don't know. Okay. Oh, I know so this the one. next movie that we were just dropping our list was Schindler's List. And because American schools will not let you forget the Holocaust, one thing about them. They gonna make sure we knew about them Holocaust, okay? Slavery, slavery. Not so much. They give us a week. <laughs> they give us a week of study on Black History Month, but the Holocaust. But I read about seventeen books about the Holocaust in elementary school we and know middle school. Everything, everything, and I yes. know that Schindler's List, one of the movies mm-hmm. that we had to watch. Mm-hmm. Where I was in tears. Like, the Holocaust tore me up. It tore me up. I hated to hear that it even was a thing that existed like this. But the craziest thing is is that I've seen so many Holocaust movies and read so many Holocaust books in school that I'm trying to remember which one this is. I know Schindler's List was like, it was either a protection thing or an endangered thing. But it was, but it was, all I know is that it's a movie about the Holocaust. I I just know the white man helps the people he wasn't supposed to help the people but he decided to help them and here we are now the white guy i know the white guy is from made in manhattan voldemort i think the dude who plays voldemort i think so just let me know if i'm Uh, right okay so i have also lied just now so that is okay. not true. But he okay. looks just like him. The, that white guy I've seen you. so many times. I've seen him everywhere. But God. I can't look it up yet. Can I look it up? I just We know what Schindler's uh, is. I feel is. like it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, school was so long ago. I'm getting old. But also, I know that white man. I know him. <gasps> Liam Nelson. That's Liam? Liam Neeson. Liam, that is Liam. You know what? Liam was that young. That is Liam. I totally forgot. Grr. Taken. Taken man. Yes, all them. He's the one who's always, you don't know me. Yeah. You don't know me. Yeah. But I will find you. Yeah. I yeah. will get you. And I, I will, will find you. you and I will kill you. I always feel so sad when I see Liam Nielsen because his wife was Natasha Richardson, the mom from The Parent Trap. And she died when they were married. Hold on. This is what I'm talking about then. Here it is. One second. What? His wife. (laughs) His wife was in Made in Manhattan. That's what I get it mixed up. She was. She was in Made in Manhattan. I see where you went with that. I see how you got there. Boom, 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 bap. Okay, Schindler. All right. What's next? I don't know how we're doing. I don't know. We're halfway through. I'm like. I think we're doing great. I think the only one we got wrong so far is Psycho. So here's that. Okay. Go ahead, Jess. What's next? Okay. The next one is Gone with the Wind Fabulous. 1938. (laughs) (laughs) Kenya is old, but she's not that old. (laughs) 1938. Gone with the Wind made in 1938. Oh, that Um, racist slavery movie. All I know, it's like, oh, the, the, the whites love Gone with the Wind. Isn't that the one where Hattie McDaniel got nominated for her Oscar? Like mm-hmm. the first black woman to get nominated for playing this 
a mammy, a slave or I something, and they wouldn't so. even let her into the stadium. I think I just, so. It's about it's something about the women on the plantation during slavery, Gone with the Wind. Because here's what's funny about Gone with the Wind: it's talked about all across Hollywood all the time, and I have never watched it because I don't care to. I really don't care to watch a romanticized look at slavery and make it all cute yes. and fluffy. But um, that's all I so all I know about it is Hattie because yeah, know. all I've seen I've seen clips of it because of Hattie, but I've never watched the movie entirely. I don't know what it's about. I just know that Hattie is in it, and she gives such a great performance that she wins an Oscar. And there's that. But I, I don't know anything else. Yeah, shout out to Kenya know. Moore for bringing it, you know, right. for reclaiming, reclaiming, reclaiming that for us. Making it her <laughs> right. own. Moving everywhere. Gone with the wind, fabulous. Jess, is it Jess just what is it about? Is it a romanticized story about slavery, women on the plantation, relations between the white women and the black women they owned? Like, Yes, and <laughs> it's also <laughs> about, it's the Civil War drama that traces the survival of Southern Belle Scarlett O'Hara through the downfall of the South during the Civil War and Reconstruction and her tangled love affairs with Ashley Wilkes and Rhett Butler. They made a love story to the set with slavery as the background, like as the set, like as the environment. You know, that. a little about white people falling in love wistfully whilst people are being enslaved exactly. and kept from their rights. Scarlett O'Hara. That is that and of course that's name. all that we get nominated for is slave movies and uh crooked cops and when Halle Berry shows her titties what's the next one all right <laughs> my fair lady 1964 my fair lady like it that. has to have this is 1964 so I'm I'm gonna say Judy Garland is in it because that's the only white woman I know that played <laughs> back then so Judy Garland <laughs> Sings. Julie Garland. <laughs> She's a singer. I don't, it's either if it's not, is it a Julie Garland or maybe a Julie Andrews? I'm gonna Julie say Andrews Princess Diaries. Her that girl. That's Julie Andrews. That's Julie Andrews. Okay, but maybe not. Um, Mary Tyler Moore. Mary, Tyler, Mary Moore? Tyler Moore. In my family? No, that was a Dick Van Dyke show. And, uh, what was the okay, black and white? Is it in black and white? Way. It's not. You sure it's not Julie Garland? Oh, Marilyn Monroe. Is Marilyn Monroe? Was it Marilyn? Mon no. Close. Who was? Who was? Who was close to Marilyn Monroe? The other lady, the white lady. Oh, Scotty, you are you are carrying the team on your back. I am useless right now. I am like white women. From the 60s who were actors. Oh, oh, and Aubrey Hepburn. Aubrey Hepburn. I'm about to say, okay. So she was Aubrey friends. Hepburn. She was friends with Dorothy Dandridge. And that. Dorothy Dandridge was in this? No, no, no. But I only know of white people because I was watching the Dorothy Dandridge show. I mean, Dorothy Dandridge uh, documentary. And she was friends with this white lady. Oh, Audrey. Audrey Hepburn. Audrey. Audrey Hepburn. Y'all know who I mean. Catherine's girl. You know, these, I, I don't know the relations, but one of them Hepburns, the classic looking one that they always loved, the little mousy looking one. I'm dying that you had me thinking Dorothy Dandridge was in this. Like, No, because I was trying to think together. of Dorothy Dandridge's friends because she was friends with all them cute little white oh. girls. And so I said, one of them white girls 
is I was in this. Audrey Hepburn. And Audrey they was that bitch ass. back then. She was that bitch. I've never seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. I only know as much as I know about Breakfast at Tiffany's because of Blair Waldorf on Gossip Girl. She worshipped that shit. Hey, I'm about to blow your mind. Blair, I know Blair. She was in Sisterhoods of the Traveling Pants. No, that would be Serena. Dang. <laughs> Wait, wasn't Blair in Sisterhood in the Traveling no, Pants? No, it was Serena, the blonde one. Blake Lively. Oh. Blair is the dark-haired okay. one. You were... The- so, it was your confidence. You were so ready. I mean, you were so ready. It's so loud and so wrong. I'm trying to impress you. I'm like, here it is. I'm you about did. to fuck you I up. Like, and I almost, you almost had me. But then I said no. But I see how you got there. I do. I do see how you got there. Okay. Wow. Shout out to Blake Lively, though. She said... Got you, Gossip Girl, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Bet she didn't see that coming. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Who knows what My Fair Lady is actually about? I don't know the plot at all. It's I'm about sure. a professor who teaches a poor a flower girl, who is Audrey Hepburn's character, how to speak proper English to make her presentable in the high society of London. That's what this movie is about? What the fuck is the hype? Yo, what was niggas watching back then? Like, y'all was sitting here really watching somebody <laughs> learn how to speak? Y'all, really? This is why black people only watch my The Wizard of Oz. That's all they had. They just kept watching it over and over and over again. Because mm, mm, what the fuck mm. else you going to do? What else are you going to watch? Y'all not name. I know three old white movies. Like, three white movies that came out before the 80s. And none, I'm just like, well, one of them make it on this list. Please. Please. Go ahead. What's the next? There yes! it is. <laughs> the next the one. The next one on the list is The Sound of Music, 1965. And finally, finally, Sylvia's back in the game, guys. She is taking off her warm up jersey and running back onto the court because I have watched The Sound of Music so much with my mother over and over again as a child. It's one of my earliest memories of VHS, a movie being so long. Wow. And it had two VHS tapes. Like it was in what you know how VHSs used to come like when they came yeah. in a two pack and it would be part one and then you'd have to pull out part two halfway through the movie to watch the second half. Y'all kids, Gen Z don't know about this. I'm, yeah, ooh, but I didn't I'm even old. know that they, that sound of music was that long. It is. I mean, or at least back in then it couldn't have taken up that much tape. Right. I do think eventually they were able to put it on one tape. We got the newer one eventually in the plastic mm-hmm. VHS holder mm-hmm. that was one tape. I remember being amazed, like, oh, they expanded the size of VHSs. Um, but the hills are alive with the sound of music. It is about Julie Andrews, who is a nun who uh, was too lit for the convent. She was getting on all the sisters' nerves. So they went. They sent her to be a governess, nanny, something, whatever you want to call her, for this rich family, this captain. They're not in America. They're in Europe somewhere. Um, Austria or something like that and um, she goes to be a nanny for his 12 he got like six seven eight nine kids there's a lot of them motherfuckers I don't remember how many and their wife their mother had died sometime when they were younger or whatever and she just teaches them she's always singing she has her head in the clouds she's always on the hills just spinning daydreaming and so she brings light and music back into the house because the kid is just so mean and sad and stern because their mother is gone hmm. and i just love the soundtrack y'all i don't know that's it the was, one you know, it had i'm singing in the rain 
That song is no. it? No. <laughs> uh, Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain is literally a movie called Singing in the Rain, isn't is it? it? <laughs> yeah. So wait, what's the name of what's the song? The hills are alive with the sound of music. Next, or next. you are sixteen, going, going on, on seventeen. 17. Totally Okay, I know that dun, one. Dun, dun, dun. Or also, um, uh, yeah, uh, there's also like the the good night song where it's like, oh, oh, goodbye, of our Avita say, adieu, adieu to you and you and you. I sang that in choir. It's a choir version of yes. that. The soundtrack hits. I hate to say it, but it's probably my, you know, next to A Star Is Born. Probably one of my top favorite white soundtracks of the game. It's I think it's because they were able to get into my heart at a time before I knew about racism. So I came in very fresh eyed. Also, these are not American whites. They was up in Europe. And because everything what was crazy to rewatch as an adult was realizing there is a Nazi Holocaust subplot in this movie because the movie is about while it's about maria and captain von trapp and the von trapp's children coming together and him realizing that they're in love because you know he got some gold digger trying to marry him and the kids don't like her whatever whatever Mm -hmm. he falls in love with maria they get married they get together and just when you think they're gonna live happily ever after here come the nazis wanting the captain to join them Mm. and they don't want to join them because they're good people so they literally used the nuns in the convent to help them run away and hide from the Nazis and escape into the hills and go live somewhere else because they don't want to be a part of that shit. This is insane. I've, I've never even... I know her from Princess Diaries. Also, I know of Mary Poppins. Never seen a Mary Poppins movie, but... You've little, never seen Mary Poppins? No, that little witch. I don't... Uh, it's, <laughs> Not that so little I witch. I don't... I don't. I never watched it before. I love the sound of music. Me and my mommy, my mom, we watch that movie. It feels like in my mind at least once a month. As like we loved that movie. Okay, mm, I might have to make my kids watch it. They can be like, "Mom, what is this one white movie you keep making us watch?" <laughs> but um, as far as the list is concerned, overall, it, it screams white mediocrity being celebrated in Hollywood. Because I can name ten black movies that most critics haven't seen and are better than these movies. Yeah, that's true. Because that My Fair today. Lady really should tell all of you guys that niggas was just watching anything. They was About watching a per- anything. person learning English. That's your king. This is the poster on all of y'all's walls. Audrey Hepburn was when there's queen? a whole soldiers play. Like, that's not on the list at all, Jess. Is that at anywhere? Is Raisin in Ra- the Sun like, on here anywhere? Gone with the Wind, a romance movie set in the backdrop of slavery. That's on the uh, best American film list. Like, y'all doubling down. Like, this movie is so good, in fact, that we're going to ignore, like we love to do, race. Oh, I don't see race. I don't see slavery. I just see romance. Yeah. They have a movie, an animated movie where nobody even speaks called Fantasia. And don't got no black and no no nothing. <laughs> I, I I I I don't know. But anyway, yeah, happy. All these movies are overrated. I would like to make another list one day. Oh yes, we'll we will come back with a great list. Absolutely. All right, that's our show, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. Our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. 
Shout out to our team. Our editor is Jess Jupiter and our producer is Taylor Hosking. Our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Make sure you share your thoughts with us on the episode using the hashtag OKNowListen. Follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead. And follow us too. I'm at Sylvia Obel. And I'm at Scotty Beam. Until next time, folks, stay blessed.